Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ back with you. This is Front Row Knowles. Keith, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing very well because somehow through the magic of technology, I'm in the middle of the Caribbean right now. And we actually, uh, to use the technical term in broadcasting, put this show in the can late last week. So this will be a best of edition. We'll look forward to uh, encore performances of Randy Shannon. Enjoyed that conversation. Certainly he joined us, I think, just before the spring football game. And also Brian Penske, who's the brand new soccer coach for Florida State. So that's coming up in today's show two very interesting individuals and two guys, in my opinion, are on the very beginning of the impact that they're going to have on the FSU sports program, football and, and uh, soccer, respectively. So we'll hear from both of them. Randy Shannon, next segment. Again, that interview originally conducted in, in April around the spring game. And Brian Penske, maybe a month later in early May when he was just getting settled in uh, as he gets set for his first season. Speaking of settling in, Keith, the news came late uh, – well, not late in the week, but early in the day on Friday that Florida State had officially hired Link Jarrett as its next baseball coach to uh, ironically replace his old college roommate in Mike Martin Jr. This is what has been talked about since Mike Martin Jr. was released a couple of weeks ago. And Florida State, I think, landed with really who was the first choice. And I think, and it's a cliche, but I do think it's a home run hire. I think Link's going to be really good. You know, when, uh, when Notre Dame was eliminated from the College World Series, I think all of us collectively started holding our breath because prior to Notre Dame being eliminated, theoretically and, and in practice, you know that Florida State probably wasn't having much conversation with Link. So now Irish gets eliminated. Now the clock is ticking and you're thinking to yourself, well, it was supposed to be a quick hire. What, what does that mean? Does that mean hours or does that mean days? And then, oh, oh my goodness, what, what if they don't get Link Jarrett? Well, you know, will, will number two be someone that will always carry the uh, baggage of, well, you weren't who we originally wanted, if in fact that were the case. Then you wake up Friday morning and the news gets announced a little before nine o'clock. And I think there's a collective sigh of relief that that makes any sense. It does. And so now we'll see if it translates here. And I don't see why it wouldn't. Link is a baseball guy. We talked about this on last week's show, Keith. A little bit of broadcasting I did with him, I could tell, and I said it on last week's show, broadcasting was not enough for him. It came too naturally, too easily. 
he could he would have been an excellent analyst and and someday maybe but that wasn't the itch that needed to be scratched he needed to be on the field so right after he finished broadcasting I think he became a GA for FSU and then moved on was an assistant a lot of places before coming a head coach Uh, one thing that's different than him and Mike Jr. is that he has several years a decade's worth of head coaching experience as he enters the role at FSU which is something Mike Martin Jr. did not have that said, I think if you look back, I really think that the decision to pull the trigger on meat was specifically related to the availability of Link, because if you wait until next year, Link would have been under a new contract at an SEC school. So it was a preemptive strike, uh, and they they landed Link, who is from Tallahassee, his wife's from Tallahassee, played at FSU. He went to the World Series three times in four years. Uh, everything about him, he's just a baseball guy coming to fertile baseball territory to recruit in the state of Florida. However, comma, as we used to say before we started saying the exception to the exclusion in ISO insurance contracts, you can forget that. That's unimportant. It has to be a little bittersweet because you know, I suspect, I don't know, I suspect that he and Meet have talked. You know they talked prior to uh, Meet's contract being terminated because they did that on a, a somewhat regular basis, we were led to believe. So it has to be a little bit bittersweet and at the same time, unbelievably exciting uh, for the Jarrett family. Yeah, I, I would agree. And so we will uh, endeavor to have him on in a, in a future show. Again, today's show is a, is a best of show. As, uh, I'm on vacation. Keith's on vacation. We go into 4th of July week, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll turn the page to the, to the month of July, and we'll work to get Link on pending his timeline. He's going to have to hit the ground running, get his assistance, get his staff in place. Uh, as Keith and I are recording this, his, his press conference, his introductory press conference was on Monday. And so I don't know what pieces are or are not in place, but I know you always have to recruit. But we'll get Link lined up in July. Today, Randy Shannon uh, joins us next segment, and then Brian Penske, the new soccer coach for Florida State. Certainly a lot of change at FSU, a lot of new faces. Uh, and so it'll be an exciting year ahead for Florida State. You know, you can fault and, and judge and say, we're going to wait and see about some of the things that Florida State has done. Uh, but I don't think anyone can argue with the fact that uh, they have been proactive. Uh, there are things that uh, A.D. Alford thinks need to be addressed, and he's addressing them. Uh, obviously, uh, time will tell how those decisions turn out. All of us that uh, root for Florida State are hoping that they turn out positively, obviously. Amen to that. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with Randy Shannon right after this here on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Hey folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And our summer super sale starts now. The weather's hot and the deals are hot. You already know you're going to get your best deal on a new Chevrolet like this 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. But what you didn't know is we sold so many new cars last month, we took in these great one-of-a-kind trades. Like this all-wheel drive Subaru, this 21 GMC Yukon, this 2019 Honda Touring fully loaded, and even an O2 Chevy Corvette convertible. you got to come see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. 
Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom Block, Keith Jones back with you. Really pleased to be joined by the co-defensive coordinator and linebacker coach at Florida State and a veteran coach certainly in the state of Florida over the years, which a uh, veteran at this point means you've just been around a while. Maybe you're getting older, but Randy Shannon joins us. How are you, coach? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? We're doing we're doing very well. And uh, it was I, I remember your days back from when you were you were playing at Miami in the late 80s. I grew up in South Florida and obviously you've you've been all over the state since then. Uh, I, I'm curious, though, when you look back a year ago when you were an analyst after after all the different roles you've had from coordinator to head coach to defensive line coach linebacker coach what did you learn last year that was different or what did you enjoy last year that was different when you weren't an on-field coach for a season well the one unique thing was looking at it from every aspect of uh just evaluation of, of what we're doing on defense evaluation of talent evaluation of other teams what they had talent wise but also schematically uh, once you sit back and you, you're able to evaluate and do all those type of things, you, you can find a way to help the team. And my, my job last year was just doing those things, just trying to help out any way, form, or fashion of making us a better football team. Coach, uh, we, we're making fun of you being a little older and a little advanced in your career. I'm so old that I was doing ball games when you played and were the head coach. So uh, Tommy puts me in my place quite frequently. <laughs> I, I guess my question really is a little more uh, philosophical in the fact that, you know, with the rivalries between Florida State and Miami and Florida, how difficult has it been for you to uh, stay purely professional with all the ties that you have to all these other universities, that's a real unique situation and position that you're in. Well, it's unique, but you know what? It's fun because you enjoy college football. You enjoy the atmosphere of each, each game that you play in. Every game that you play in uh, between those schools has always been unique. And uh, the fun of it, the thrill of it, just being a part of it. And you always want to be on the winning side, no matter what, what the outcome is. You want to be on the winning side of the football team. And uh, I enjoyed every moment of it, every game that I've been in through the rivalries of every school. And I'm um, continuing to enjoy this, this, this atmosphere here at Florida State down here in Tallahassee. Okay, cutting to, to spring practice, uh, Coach. What, well, when we just lost uh, Randy Shannon there, Keith, so we'll see if he dials back in and continue. We'll, we'll continue the conversation here for a minute, KJ. I, I do remember, and I was going to ask him, I, I bet that he and Odell have swapped a few stories because Odell was playing at FSU at the same time that he was playing at uh, at Miami. So I imagine there's been a few stories, even though they're on the same side now. Um, but he he's coming back in. I'm not sure. This is the world of Zoom that we live in where we just lost him. So we'll, we'll bring him back. But uh, Randy Shannon in his second year at FSU. And uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way, which is when there's severe weather going through the, the capital city. So maybe that's part of the issue. Uh, but we'll see if we can if we can grab him back, Coach. I was going to say spring practice right now. Uh, give give me kind of a thumbnail. What are you pleased with as far as your segment group at, at the linebacker position? Where is there still room for growth? Well, there's a lot of room for growth, and uh, as far as learning what we're doing. But the one unique thing that we've done, uh, everybody's learning different positions. We're not lining guys up in one specific place because of what I've learned in NFL. When you only have four guys for a team for a game. You have to teach everybody to know what to do. So I think the diversity of what we're doing with our linebackers, moving around, playing different positions, 
and having fun at it. Uh, this spring has been unique. It's been a learning process, but it's been a great process. They adapted to everything we're doing. They're uh, making sure that the run game is solidified and what we're trying to get done. But it's time to improve. We got to continue to improve as a group and uh, get better each and every day. Randy, not not to give away any secrets, and I know you wouldn't, but uh, when when Saturday rolls around and and you're done and you're back looking at the tape, give us an idea other than the standard things of not missing tackles, lining up in the right place, going in the right direction. But what will you see if you see it that will say, you know, we had a good spring, we 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 made progress and we're on track. What are those things that you're looking for? The biggest thing is don't make the same mistakes what you did last week. Keep improving. Uh, if you continue to make mistakes off of two weeks ago or last week, then we're not getting any better. The biggest emphasis is to play hard, which is you can control the, how much effort you put in the game. The second thing is communication, because everybody has to talk each and every day. And if you can communicate and talk to someone, you'll be happy, you'll be successful. And the third thing is, like I said, just continue to grow, but don't make the same mistakes what you did in the past, because now you treat it like a game. If you're not able to correct the mistakes from last week's game to this week's game, then we're not going to be a better football team. So that's the biggest thing that we look for each and every time. We're talking with Randy Shannon, FSU's linebacker coach and co-defensive coordinator. Coach, you had a, I don't know if inside track is the right term, but you certainly had familiarity with one of the players that came in via the transfer portal and Tatum Bethune. Uh, there's, there's been, I've been out of practice a couple of times and, and I know he's, he's had a pretty good spring. At least that seems to be the popular opinion. What did, what did Florida State get in Tatum Bethune? What is, how is he fitting in? Well, he's doing a great job of fitting in. Uh, he's unique guy. He's kind of quiet, but, you know, being around the guys right now, he's opened up a lot. I think he's feeling at home right now. The guys is really gravitating to him as he gravitates to them. Uh, brings a lot of energy to our team. Uh, solidifies some things that uh, he is a guy that can play multiple positions for us, but also is a guy that can make a lot of plays. And uh, we have guys on our team that can make plays, and we just added to that on our team. Andy, you've been a head coach, you're obviously a coordinator and now co-coordinator. Um, you've seen the big picture. Um, what, what impresses you about Florida State? What, what, uh, what is uh, something you've learned about the Seminole program that maybe you didn't know about uh, that uh, has registered with you? You know what, it's a family. It's a big time family atmosphere. Uh, I've been knowing Odell Hagen for a long time. And when I was a player, believe it or not, we used to drive up here and hang out with Odell and the guys when he was in school. So. It's a family atmosphere, but everybody wants to come and go, wants to win. And uh, I think that when you have a, a, a mindset of what we need to get done, how we need to get it done, and put the emphasis and everybody joins in as one, and that's one Florida State has really done a great job of me being here and seeing those type of things done. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited to be a part of it and, and really thrilled that Coach Novell gave an opportunity to be a part of his family and his program. So did Odell take you to his favorite fishing hole back in the day? He probably does that now, too. <laughs> he tried to get me to go out a lot, but back then we used to come up and enjoy each other, and uh, we continue to have that great relationship. Uh, Coach, I think he still had. I think he had that Bronco that he still has. I think he had it about thirty-five <laughs> years ago. So you've probably ridden in it a time or two. I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to some of your, your personnel. I mean, Kalen Deloach had a, had a breakout year a season ago. Amari Gaynor obviously is a legacy. I guess you probably played against his dad thinking about the timeline on that. Uh, you know, other Omar Graham, uh, I think, is, is fitting in. But, but kind of talk about some of the rest of the bodies and personnel that you have there at your position and what you're, what you're seeing. Well, personnel-wise, I mean, we have, a, a like I said, a unique group that are playing multiple positions. I try to keep the young guy, Omar Graham, 
the freshman out of high school, got, arrived in January at one position. But uh, DJ Lundy, Amari Gaynor, Deloach, uh, Tatum Bethune, uh, we move those guys around a lot because I think the multiplier that you have, the depth that you can have, the more that you can be successful with injuries come, you don't have to worry about it. And also, Brennan Gant has done a good job for us uh, moving from safety to linebackers, doing some good things for us. And uh, we're kind of excited by the group because it's it's not just it's, – it's a standout of a, of a conglomerate of guys who are doing one unique job of communication but also playing the way they're supposed to play the football game. Coach, talk a little bit about the, the responsibilities, um, uh, you know, working with Adam and, and, and the things that you guys are trying to coordinate together. And, and just talk about that working relationship. Oh, it's a great relationship. The one thing that uh, Adam's going to call every play, you know, my job and, and the other staff jobs, I think Adam done a tremendous job of, of getting input from everyone, uh, ideas and thoughts. And he's a guy that wants to know, okay, I got it. This, this, I can see that. But now, Anybody can, you know, tear it down. And that's the one thing that most coordinators, great coordinators need to have is that somebody that can you can listen to and understand on what's going on and not just be like, well, it's all about me. And Adam's not like that. And our staff is unique. It's not like that. Everybody gets along. Everybody have fun. We enjoy each other. Now, well, I'm going to say that we don't disagree. No, we disagree. But once it's over, it's over. And we go back to being who we are, which is good people, family people, and enjoying each other. Last I checked, uh, the only way to get a knife sharp is friction. That's I'm it. just saying. <laughs> well, and, and Keith, I was going to bring up, we'll keep this conversation old school because that's who we are and what we do, right, Keith? But, I mean, Chuck Amato and, and Mickey Andrews back in the day didn't see eye to eye necessarily, and that might have been part of the recipe for success is that somebody would challenge, hey, this is the way to do it. No, this is the way to do it. I mean, that's a way to get better, to Keith's point in what you're saying. It is. You know, the more, the more inf information, the more success successful you can be like I always tell everybody when you when you when you when I was in NFL it's not one scout not two scouts not the general manager not the the vice president it was like seven to eight people evaluating who you're going to draft so the more information that you can give the better success that you're going to have if you have just one person doing it he cannot see everything and then that's when you have have bad things happen to that to that point, I wasn't going to take this uh, in this direction, but related to recruiting, how many guys are evaluating somebody before an offer goes out nowadays? Because there's a lot of folks in the mix now. <laughs> it's a lot of evaluation. It's, it's a, you know, that's one thing we have. I think Coach Novell has done is done a great job of you evaluate your area as an area coach. The position coach evaluates. The coordinator evaluates. He evaluates, recruiting evaluates. So you get about six evaluations on that particular person before you go out and say you're an offering. So the more eyes like anything else, the more successful that you'll be. All right, let's talk about something important. What do you enjoy about Tallahassee? Where, where's your favorite restaurant? What, what, what are you doing off the field? What little bit of time you get off the field to, have, to enjoy I life? I haven't been out that much in Tallahassee. I've been to Harry's a little bit. And uh, I've been to Four Rivers, but I, I really not a go out type of person. But uh, if you can give me a couple of restaurants I can go to, I've been to Shulas. I've been to Shulas. Give me a couple of places I, I definitely would enjoy going out a little cool. bit. Cool. Well, Keith and I don't miss many meals, Coach, as you can probably tell. So we, we, we might be a good resource for you there. Hey, we'll finish up on this. Uh, you know, we've been talking about linebackers, but but the whole defense, and I guess it starts up front. I'm just thinking with the two guys that are in the middle, and I don't want to shortchange the rest of Odell's group, really all the guys in the middle, it seems like they're going to set 
uh, almost everything for the defense this year and has a chance to be a really, really good defense based on those tackles and, and the guys up front. That's the biggest thing. I mean, every defense starts what we have up front. And I think the unique part about our defense front we have right now, I think maybe five or six defensive tackles that we actually can play in the game. And then we go outside right now at a particular time, we feel like we got maybe three or four defensive ends that can contribute and do a great thing. So it's like anything else. It's, it's You wear somebody down by the numbers that you have. And uh, the guys up front, we have numbers at. We got to continue to work with them. Coach Odell and uh, Coach JP's done a great job of, of, of grinding those guys and making sure they understand everything. But also with me, also with the linebackers, we got to be on tune in what the defensive line is doing. And uh, it's been a great working relationship. You should see the D-linemen high-fiving the linebackers, linebackers high-fiving the D-linemen when the run game is going. So it's been unique. It's been fun. It's been great to see those guys really interact, interact with each other really good. Hey, I'll finish up here, Randy, and let you get going. You know, back when you played, it was – it was 4-3 all the time, probably. And nowadays, there's that fifth defensive back on the field. I mean, I guess base is still 4-3. How much has that percentage changed in terms of the number of backers you have on the field compared to getting somebody that's maybe a little lighter and can run a little bit better and getting an extra member of the secondary in there? Oh, it's tremendous. It's about 80% of the game now just because of they taking the fullbacks out of the game and they putting another receiver in the game. So it becomes a matchup. It's like matchup man-on-man, uh, -man, three-on-three football. They substitute, you substitute. So it's, it's really went down to keeping three linebackers on the field. It's, it's basically a nickel substitution situation now. So three receivers, more DBs, less, less receivers, more linebackers. Yeah, pretty simple equation when you boil it down that way. Well, uh, it, it's fun to have you on the staff. Congrats on the success and longevity of your career. You've been a lot of really good places, uh, including this one right here. So best of luck this year at Florida State. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Thanks, Randy. Co-defensive coordinator for Florida State linebacker coach Randy Shannon, and we'll have more Front Row Knowles right after this. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank studios. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. We're going to reopen that Earl Bacon Agency hotline. Really pleased to have the new soccer coach at Florida State join us here. And this is uh, Brian Penske. Coach, welcome to town. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind uh, over the last, I don't know what it's been, two, three weeks. But uh, you're wearing garnet. You're, you're in an office that's got garnet behind you. So welcome to Florida State. Thank you. Yes, I am officially here um, two weeks yesterday. And uh, very excited to be here. Humbled to be here. 
Um, even when you say the new soccer coach at Florida State University, it still gives me chills. So very happy to be a part of this program. For for our listeners, and I'm sorry, Keith, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling here. You're you're the former head coach at Maryland. You're coming from Tennessee. Uh, have had a lot of success, and uh, I, I'm I'm thinking what I'm about to say you'd classify as a good problem to have. But you made the Sweet 16 a year ago at Tennessee, and where the bar has been at Florida State under Coach Kerkorian for the past almost two decades, decade and a half, the Sweet 16 is a disappointing season for them. So I, our listeners can't see you shaking your head, but uh, d- does that fall in the, hey, that's a good problem, and let's go embrace the expectations? Uh, 100%. Um, it's, uh, if, if it wasn't a good problem, um, I, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. You know, it's, it's the challenge that I have accepted. And uh, I have followed Mark for a long time and uh, am very aware of all of his success that he's had here and, and even before he came here as a coach. So, um, you know, Mike Bristol in meeting with him uh, two weeks ago today for the first time, his words were, this is a program where if you don't make the college cup, it's a failure, you know? <laughs> so, uh, the bar, the bar is high, you know? Um, and, and, and that speaks to just how, how good Mark has been and how good, you know, the whole staff has been and the players have been, because there are a lot of good programs in the ACC. There are a lot of good play programs around the country, but nobody has excelled at this level around the country. So um, certainly they've recruited at a high level, coached at a very high level, um, and then uh, the success has certainly followed on the field. Coach, our, our listeners might not be aware of they haven't kept up with it, but you were actually hired from Maryland to Tennessee by former Florida State Athletic Director uh, Dave Hart, who actually talked to Mark about that process and, and Mark by all accounts, I don't want to put words in his mouth. You can, you can tell us, but he basically told Dave, yeah, he would recommend you for that job. So you guys have been a, a part of each other's on the radar for quite a while. Uh, that's right. Um, when, when I was at Maryland, Maryland was still in the ACC for, for all 10 years. I was there as a, the assistant coach for the men for three years and head coach for the women for seven. So competed against Mark, um, obviously on the women's side there. And uh, yeah, it was January of 2012, and I was sitting outside of my then second graders' school, waiting to go in for his little second grade chapel. My wife and I were sitting in her car, and Mark called me, and he asked, uh, "Do you know the name Dave Hart?" And I said, "No, I, I, I have no idea who that is." And he said, "Well, he's the athletic director, the new athletic director at Tennessee. He was the athletic director here. He hired me here at Florida State, and the thing that..." He said to me in that moment, which really resonated, which is really what brought me to Tennessee, was he made me feel like Florida State was a soccer school. And that hit my heart. Um, we, 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 we were pretty good at Maryland. You know, my last three years, we were 11th in the country, 10th in the country, and 11th in the country. Failures by Mark Gregorian standards, but still pretty good by Maryland standards. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know that... Uh, we were all that uh, highly thought of at Maryland and um, you know, our budget, the support for the program, all of it was a big challenge. It was a big challenge. It was hard to be that good. And then uh, Dave Hart and that administration at Tennessee wanted me really badly and made me feel like Tennessee was a soccer school. Um, So he did it to me in the same way he did it to Mark. And uh, I always took a lot of, a lot, honestly, um, a lot of pride in the fact that Mark brought my name to, to, to Dave. And then also uh, a little bit of sense of pressure 
right? And similar to the pressure that I'll feel here following his footsteps. Coach, I'm curious as you look at the timeline and, and given, you know, the knowledge you had of Mark and Dave Hart in Florida State, and I don't profess to follow the coaching turnover in, in women's college soccer, but I would assume that with the season ending in November, December, most of the transition is happening December, January. So, and, and we'll get to the, to the, the implications of, of Mark moving on and, and your roster and all that. But when you first hear that the FSU job is open March, April, I don't know what day it was. I mean, what goes through your mind? Did you say right away, I'm the guy for that job and jump? Because that's this is not the kind of job that comes open after a national championship at an odd time in the offseason. Mm -hmm. um, no, my first thought was no, I, I want I was not. I want that job um, that it was just total shock. And um, I think everybody wanted to know why. What happened? All right. Um, is he OK? All right. Uh, um, and um, yeah, truly, I, I, I remember exactly where I was. Um, I'd actually just finished doing a podcast for College Soccer Nation and <laughs> looked down at my phone and uh, and I have a little text group of some of my coaching buddies in, in the SEC and we were all uh, we were going crazy over it. And um, within 24 hours, I was actually on the phone with Jim Curry here because he and I had worked together back at Maryland and um he knew my old boss well. Jim Curry was a compliance guy. My old boss in Tennessee was a compliance guy. And so we got hooked up and we just started talking about all the circumstances. And I, I really shared in that moment my, my empathy for the kids um, because I knew who they had just lost and what they had just lost. And, uh, and I also shared my empathy for Jim. <laughs> and I knew very well that Jim had a big job ahead of him right? As the sport admin for this sport. And now trying to find somebody that, who would fill the shoes of Mark Kerkorian and someone who'd be willing to do it and leave what they had and all those things. And so really that, that, that became my conversation with him um, and kind of guiding him a little bit through the, through the process um, as best I could um, as he was, was talking to the players and um, you know, he, uh, I remember he called, um, Jalen Howell and had a conversation with her and he was doing all of his due, due diligence and really, you know, being, being a good steward of the program and then, and then, uh, calling around and see who might be interested in the job. And it really wasn't for about three weeks later until, um, you know, the end of our spring season, not ideal timing. Um, I think maybe that was some of my reluctant initial reluctancy to really throw my name in the hat. We're just so deep in my own world. And, uh, and then, you know, I had a good life. We had a good life in Tennessee and I didn't need to chase anything. Um, but then he kind of one day called and said, all right, you know, I really want to have a, I want to have a, you know, heart to heart and a real conversation about this. And even at that point, I wasn't all in, I was all in to have a conversation, but I really had, you know, had a lot of thinking to do and a lot of talks with my wife and, 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 and our kids. And, uh, and then it got to a point where it's like, okay, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm 53. I've been in um, a couple of good programs. Um, I really love the ACC and women's soccer. And I think, you know, when I went to, to the SEC, the SEC was coming off a year in 2011. I think we had nine teams in the NCAA tournament that year. And I think I had a little bit of belief that, you know what, maybe the SEC can catch the ACC one day. Um, but then over time, um, I realized that 
you know, there's just too many good academic institutions in this league. Um, there's too much history of the soccer programs in this league and um, the best players in, I lost too many, rec- I continued to lose too many recruiting battles to this league and uh, to where I just had kind of given up hope. And, and even I get in arguments with fellow SEC coaches and just like, guys, we're not, we're not catching them. We're not catching them. We don't have right now, even look at FSU, the top 20 academic institution. We don't have a Duke. We don't have a UNC. We don't have a UVA, a Notre Dame, a Boston College, a Wake Forest. Those are all top 25, top 30 academic institutions. That's a big deal, and especially in our sport. Um, and every single one of those programs that I just named, not only are they great institutions, they have a real history and tradition within the sport of women's soccer, and that's tough to catch. Coach, you talked about heart-to-hearts. Uh, we don't have time to get into the full part of it, but you have gone out of your way to make sure you've been one-on-one with your kids and, and uh, listening to them and talking with them about them understanding your buy-in and your need for them to continue the buy-in. And um, just talk a little bit about that process. Had you ever had to do that before? Or is that a little unusual? And, uh, you know, what, what, what would you share with us about that? Yeah, thankfully, uh, no, I've never been in this position before. <laughs> um, it's new. Um, um, it's a little bit of a recruitment process. Um, however, I'm trying to, to do it a little as organically as I can. Um, you know, what's tough is I was introduced to the team on a Monday. That Monday was the first day of exams. And then I spent the next two days doing individual meetings with each kid who was still in town, a couple of the um, early enrollees had already left because, you know, they left high school early. They, they got out of here as quickly as they could to get home back to their high school friends and all that. So I did those guys on Zoom, but I met with them individually. And then by Friday, um, I actually had gone back up to Knoxville for my son's senior high school senior game. They were all out of town for the most part. The players all left because they were finished with finals and, and they were gone. So now everything we're doing is, text, phone calls, Zooms, things like that, um, and just checking in on them, um, them checking in on me. A couple of them come to me with, you know, questions and thoughts on my philosophies. And, you know, I, I, I joked with somebody um, that it's like, I'm, I'm kind of on trial. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, and you never know when the session resumes, you know, um, and it's okay, you know, and, and I would not have come here if I didn't believe in myself. I, 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 I'm not the kind of guy, and maybe you've heard me say this before, that's going to get up and, you know, spend 30 minutes just talking about myself and the things I've done. And that's hard to do because I'm also following Mark and I haven't done anything close to what he's done. Right. Um, but I do believe, uh, you know, in, in my, my last three years at Maryland were the three years where those kids were my team, right? Those were 100% my players in the ACC, and we were virtually top 10 each year. And one of those years, we were number one national seed. So I think I that record speaks for itself. That's not me just saying I think I'm decent, right? We did very well. And then, and then I made the move to the SEC, and the SEC is tough. Great league, very well funded, um, and 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 um probably no better supported league in, in college soccer, but it's a tough footprint in our sport. Right. And, and, and we don't have many top 25 academic institutions, but I still think I did well. In the last decade, we only had two final four teams. We never got there, but we were an elite eight team. 
right? And so I'm proud of that, right? We won a couple championships. I'm proud of that. I feel like I did a pretty good job. And now in coming here, back in this league, I think I can do a pretty good job. Will I do what Mark has done? Well, I don't know that anybody's done what Mark has done in the last 10 years. So, so I'm not going to even have that conversation, right? But I know that we're going to be good, and I know that we're going to compete. And so I have found my moments to share some of that confidence with the kids when the moment's right, right? Because they also want to know that I'm confident and I believe in myself. But really, that's what the process has been. Um, there have been no talk of deadlines or no talk of pressure. I don't think the kids feel any sense of pressure from, from me. Um, as organically as you can get to know someone while they are, you know, honestly, as many as across the ocean, right, away from me, um, we're trying to do it, right? And, uh, um, you know, I, I uh, very honestly, I hope they watch my press conference. Um, I don't know if they did. Uh, actually, I know a couple of them did. A couple of them sent me texts, nice texts saying, good job, coach, you know? Um, so we're just, we're just it's, it's just a process, right? And, you know, we can sit here and say, oh my gosh, it's, uh, I don't know what it is. It's May 10th. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, it's also May 10th and it's only two weeks since I've been here which is only four weeks removed from when Mark left. And, you know, I said this to somebody the other day, um, you know, Mar Mark was who recruited him here. Mark's been the best. Mark, all of a sudden, out of absolutely nowhere, went in that day and said, hey, guys, I'm leaving. And, um, you know, thankfully, Mark is healthy and he's okay and he's going to live a great life. But in some ways, it's like a death to those kids, right? One day he is, he is their coach, their dad, their all, everything you know, in, in, in their worlds all the time to being gone, poof, gone, right? And so they, they, they got to go through these stages. And again, I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but they got to go through a little bit of grieving process and those stages and those different emotions while also getting to know me. So I think it's going well. Um, I feel pretty good about it so far. I am not at all at the stage of uh, freaking out. Might I eventually <laughs> get there? Very possibly. But I hope not. Um, I feel like uh, things are trending in the right direction. New soccer coach Brian Penske at FSU. Welcome. We appreciate a few minutes of your time. Uh, you certainly had to hit the ground running. Look forward to when the season kicks off uh, in August. And I really appreciate you joining us. And, and, and welcome to the family. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. Thanks, we'll take folks. a break. Come back with uh, more front row Knowles right after this. Hey, folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And our summer super sale starts now. The weather's hot and the deals are hot. You already know you're going to get your best deal on a new Chevrolet like this 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. But what you didn't know is we sold so many new cars last month, we took in these great one-of-a-kind trades. Like this all-wheel drive Subaru, this 21 GMC Yukon, this 2019 Honda Touring fully loaded, and even an O2 Chevy Corvette convertible. you got to come see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. few minutes left to finish up today's uh, best of edition, and we appreciated both those gentlemen joining us. Uh, let's talk Randy Shannon first. Uh, it was a busy offseason for Florida State, uh, not necessarily at his position, although with Tatum Bethune coming in, that was a big addition via the transfer portal, but a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of receivers, and uh, a month from now, Florida State will be on the practice field, and Randy Shannon will be back out where he's been most of his career, save for last year when he was an analyst. You know, with a couple of three coaching changes, obviously the offensive coordinator and Alex and, and um, Shannon coming on as the co-defensive coordinator with Adam, you know, one of the things we looked at prior to spring was how would that fit? Because now coaches are having to take on different roles, just like newcoming players coming in and learning the system. But one of the things you get with Shannon, uh, Tommy, is, is that experience and that maturity. And you saw that. Uh, in how the spring game went. You hear that, and you hear it for the second time uh, in this interview that we played um, uh, from April. You know, and as I mentioned, for old-timers like me, it's still amazing. This is a guy that's been, you know, at a very high level, obviously head coach at Miami, but he's been at Miami, he's been at Florida, he's been at UCF, and now he's at Florida State. And I can't think of very many people that have the skill set and the demeanor uh, to uh, do that because of the rivalries and the conf- not conflicts per se, but the competition, I guess, is a better word between those universities. Uh, he's just fun to be around, and I'm I'm looking forward to some great things from him. Yeah, and I think there's reason to be excited about the potential of the defense this year for sure. And then Brian Penske, who joined us, uh, I don't even know that he had unpacked when he came on the show in early May, and for that matter, I don't know if he's unpacked at this point. I see. <laughs> Seem to recall he was still getting moving, uh, moving and getting settled in. And, uh, you know, the season will be upon us. Soccer starts before, uh, I think, before any other fall sport for FSU. Maybe volleyball's in there. But it's mid-August. It's not late August when soccer season gets underway. And, and I don't know where his roster is right now. He talked to us about, uh, obviously, you know, players had to decide, are they, are they staying here? Are they going elsewhere? But I do know this. There's such a strong pedigree uh, and tradition with the Florida State program that, that he's going to do well and going to succeed. Can he do it at the Krikorian level? Can anybody do it at the Krikorian level? That's, that's really the, the big question out there, and we'll see. One of the things that uh, Coach Pinsky had to address, obviously repeating a little bit here, is the, the May 1 deadline for student-athletes to enter the transfer portal. And I didn't do the research. I didn't do the count. Uh, but unlike other situations where you've got your players entering the transfer portal uh, these ladies were doing it kind of as a preemptive type of thing. They had a deadline that just was unfortunate in the timeline of bringing Coach Penske on. Uh, so they went into the portal. I've not heard very many of them going elsewhere, which tends to make me believe that the majority of them are staying here. And all he wanted was an opportunity to um, have a meeting with the girls, the ladies, and have an opportunity to sell himself and his vision. And I think that has been accomplished. And I'm, again, repeating myself on the Shannon comment. I'm looking forward to some big things from him. Yep, you you broke up just at the very tail end of that, Keith, but uh, the sentiment was there, and I get it. Uh, just to go back to where we started, again, uh, appreciate you tuning into the Best Of Show. We'll get Link Jarrett lined up for some time later this month. 
uh, as he gets settled in to his new role. I don't know that I've mentioned this, and and uh, not that Mike Martin Jr. is going to take my advice on it, but after the news broke about his dismissal, I did send him a text, and I, you know, I just kind of put in there, just go find another job where you're not under the shadow of your dad and get back to coaching baseball, which is what you do best. Now, I don't know, based on the timeline and and when he was let go, what jobs are actually open and if that makes sense for him this year. But I know ultimately he'll be back as a coach somewhere, maybe at a place like a UNC Greensboro or somewhere where he'll have to climb his way back up. But he can do that this year. Maybe he ends up being a scout or just sitting out a year again. It depends or being an assistant somewhere else. Uh, just depends on the opportunities, but he's a baseball guy through and through and, and he'll land on his feet somewhere as well. I agree. And, you know, one of the things we've hashed back and forward is the critics of, of me would say that, you know, he need to have left 10 years ago and get some head coaching experience and then Florida state could hire him back. But the reality is whether you want to admit it or not, anywhere he would have gone in the 10 years or 12 years prior to his dad retiring, nobody was going to hire him because there was the complete understanding that if the FSU job came open, Meat would be invited back to it. Uh, so he got caught in that catch 22. You're right. He'll get back into coaching. He is a baseball guy and we wish him nothing but success. Keith, uh, my dog is telling me that it's time to wrap up this show for the sake of our listeners. I'll, I'll finish up happy uh, holidays this week. Enjoy your time at the beach folks. Thanks for tuning in. Have a safe and happy fourth. And we will talk to you again next week.